Hey guys, TJ here. If you have ever been drawn to miracles, signs, wonders, you've just been curious about the supernatural, maybe you've been interested in horoscopes or in tarot cards or in fortune telling or even just the unexplainable. Maybe you've been curious about magic or you've been drawn towards uh, horror films or other things like that. You might be drawn to the supernatural, which is completely natural. We are spirit beings with a soul and a body. That's how God designed us. And so we seek things that fulfill us spiritually. However, the real key is understanding that you need discernment because if you just go through life without any discernment grounding in the word of God and what he says and what is the the things in the supernatural, what are the things that are of the kingdom of light and of God? And what are the things that are of the kingdom of darkness and not of God? You know, what are the things that are going to steal, kill, and destroy in your life out of the kingdom of darkness versus what's going to give you life in your life out of the kingdom of light? These are really important uh, keys to understand and to have in your discernment as you go through life. And so this episode specifically, we're going to be talking about some open doors, what open doors are, how that looks, the practicals. We're also going to get into um, like things that people might have been a part of in their past, you know, college experience, Greek life, things like that. And we're going to be talking about some things that are honestly probably overlooked for a lot of people. I want you to know that as we mentioned, uh, whether it's organizations or even different religions, as you mentioned these things, guys, we're not calling people out. We're simply identifying things and, and discerning. And so what's important is to just recognize that we're bringing awareness and there might be personal revelation in this for you. There might not, but we're not bringing judgment against some person. And we even explicitly say that. I, I explicitly say that. Um, when I mentioned Psalm 58, where God, it's God who judges the earth. And so you need to listen to this whole episode if you can actually take the time to listen, because the, the entire context is really important at the end. I'll actually be leading you through prayer. If you, if you do feel like you need prayer at the end, we'll be leading you through prayer and just giving you the opportunity to uh, very naturally without overcomplicating, just uh, repent, which means to turn away from and to come bring these things that you might have had in your life to Jesus and ask for his grace and mercy and to, to lead you into freedom. So if you just are listening to this episode with a curious ear, uh, if you're thinking, you know what, I'm just wanting to know more about the supernatural, great. I, I bet you'll probably find out more than you were initially looking for in a good way. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are really grateful to have people like Aisha on this, um, on this podcast and, and, um, if you do get value, please go ahead. Feel free to reach out to her, uh, but also please leave a rating or review. I appreciate you. Welcome, everybody. Aisha, so glad to have you tonight. Thanks for joining me. Yes, thanks for having me. Uh, we're gonna have a really good. Uh, we're gonna have a really good talk tonight. I told people who were um, interested in uh, in hearing this live stream. Um, yeah, there were a number of reasons why I thought people needed to join. But one of the things that stood out to me just with you, and I, and I want you to introduce yourself and share a bit about your background in a second. But one of the things that stood out to me with you is that you just have a, um, you have a gift in not just being able to discern, but also explain a lot of the supernatural. And I think people, if you're watching, welcome guys. Um, 
we're glad you guys are, are watching and we're glad you're here. Um, feel free to use the comment section tonight for questions and, and thoughts and comments because um, I just got a lot to to offer, to share. And, um, and we're going to be going into things that a lot of people aren't talking about just in the day to day, but it's like yeah. Aisha's every day. And, uh, and so I, I think before I dig into any of that, why don't you share just a little bit about who you are, how old you are, where you are, what you're doing with life and, and we can go from there. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I'm Aisha. I'm 24 years old. I live in Southern California, kind of between Huntington and LA. And yes, I'm a full-time missionary, um, which is super fun. Um, you said like what I'm doing now or like my story, like up to yeah. now. Just kinda... I, right now, like where in the world are you right now? And for the okay. last probably couple of years, what have you been doing out here in California? Okay, amazing. Awesome. So um, I moved out to California in 2016 on just total word of the Lord. I thought I was going to go into ministry in Oregon where I'm from. And the Lord super clearly one day was like, I'm inviting you to California and here's this journey that I want to take you on. And I knew that the way that I would get there was through college, but that it was like totally just a practical thing. To, it was kind of like a launching pad. So I went to the Claremont Colleges. And while I was there, my one of my best friends was in Huntington with this YWAM ministry called Circuit Riders. And I would always go visit her. It was about an hour from my college. I'd always go visit and spend time with her mostly honestly because my campus is like one of the most liberal colleges in America. And so I often was like, help me, can I please just hang out with someone that makes sense to me um, or that can understand me better. Um, so I'd go, I'd hang out. There's a ministry that said I'd go to. And the short version is that three years into college, the Lord basically asked me to drop everything and join this ministry completely unexpected. Um, which I could totally get more into, but the short version is that the Lord asked me to jump into ministry. And so I finished my last year online and ever since have been serving with this ministry called Circuit Riders. And we burn for um, seeing this generation activated by the love of Jesus and not sitting back and allowing culture to lead um, problems and solutions happening in our world, but to see young believers rise up in action and solution and um, you know, bring the kingdom of God into every area. It's really astounding and scary, the even statistics, if you look into what is really going on with Gen Z and even millennials, um, you know, one in three college students being suicidal. Like it's probably even more by now. That's a few years ago. That was the statistic. Um, or 80% of students extremely experiencing discrimination in college campuses and college classrooms. Like just really thinking about, even if you just go on TikTok for 10 minutes, you'll see like such despair and such confusion. And I really believe that it's not culture or politics or any sphere of society that is responsible for taking care of people, but it really is the church and it's it's every believer in every sphere. So we, we really believe in activating people into a missional call, regardless of your day-to-day, -day, you know, nine to five whatever's filling your time that you're a missionary and what you do. So I serve in media. I serve in worship. I serve with a team called black voices that goes specifically to historically black colleges and universities and inner cities. And 
I mean, we literally, we have like 20 different campaigns that we're doing all the time, but they kind of all center back into this thing of like, um, really activating believers, seeing people set free, encountered by the love of Jesus, and then activated to carry it, um, out themselves. Hopefully that makes sense. We do a lot. It's hard to explain in like a short amount of time. It's very hard to describe. I just as a personal, as a witness to, as a witness to this movement that's happening, it's one of the fastest growing ministries in the U.S. I don't know statistically if that's accurate, but I, it's It's very visible to me. And it's international now. And, um, and there's just like, I personally, I personally am so moved by, um, by what I witness uh, from the outside in and just being connected to you and, and others who are in circuit riders. I'm personally um, inspired by what God's doing through um, through this generation for the next generation. Yeah. And um, and so tonight, you know, I think a couple things are really important for people to hear and understand that, you know, th- I think language barrier might be a thing for some people who are listening. It may okay. not be a thing for some people who are listening. So we'll try and do our best to like, you know, I'll try and navigate if there's something that I want you to explain more. Um, I'll do my best to try and ask what we need to uh, to explain. But if you guys are watching and something doesn't resonate or you're like, what does that mean? Ask in the comments because that's really helpful for us to, to elaborate on. Um, there's a lot of language that, that when we grow accustomed to talking a certain way in different groups of people, there's a lot of language that, um, especially with what we're talking about tonight in the supernatural, there's a lot of things that we can just say, and it's like, that makes <laughs> sense in my head, but it may not make sense. It may not connect the dot for somebody. So, um, I want you guys, if you're listening to feel free to do that. Um, but so I should, the, the, you know, Savannah and I got connected. I got connected to you through Savannah, through my wife, Savannah. And, um, and something that just stood out to me as far as like you joining this live stream. I remember when we must've met at least over a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I remember hearing a little bit about your story and I remember and just at, right off the bat, I was like, wow, that there's so much power. There's so much power in your story alone. And that was before, you know, all this other stuff that started to kind of unfold and you being activated in the ways that you're being activated now. And, and really like you were talking about going around and, um, to different college campuses, it's a lifestyle, what you do. It's not just a ministry where you show up for an appointment. It's a lifestyle, but, um, at seeing, seeing young people set free. I mean, it, it truly is, it is a, a, you can't give what you don't have. And yeah. for, for you to be able to, have gone through your life through some of the things that you've described or shared, you know, with me uh, and with Savannah and, and then to be able to walk other people through that, or at least share with them, Hey, this is a reality um, is so important. So I'm hoping tonight you'll be able to share a little bit. Maybe this is like a good next point for us is just like, what was, where'd you come from? What was your upbringing? Um, I want people to understand some context because when we're talking about witchcraft, the occult, when we're talking about uh, sororities and fraternities, Greek life, which we'll talk about later. Um, and guys, if you have been involved in Greek life in any capacity, I want you guys to stick around because you need to hear some of the things that we're going to be talking about. And if anybody you know has been involved in Greek life, you need to share this with somebody. You need to share this with somebody so they can at least be aware. Okay. Um, but yeah, just like what was your background and upbringing? What was that like? What Just start from the beginning. Okay. 
what a like five minute version ish. Uh, how about this? How about I will, uh, I'll pause us if there's an okay. opportunity to like go down it's that good. trail. Okay, good. There's a, there's so many ways I could tell this story. Um, but so I'm Senegalese American. My dad's from Senegal, West Africa. He is to this day Muslim. So, um, I grew up with a lot of Muslim roots and teaching. I grew up with my mom, um, you know, in West Africa, I was born in America. We moved quickly to West Africa. Um, grew up with a lot, like my mom praying five times a day and, um, learning Arabic, learning Quran, um, you know, witch doctor across the street, just very spiritual environment. And my mom is a white American woman from Michigan. Real um, quick. Hank, I just, I got to pause this right there. Just okay, that, right, that alone. You're in Oregon. You're in Oregon, correct? <laughs> At this point. And you're saying witch doctor across the street, Witch doctor is something people read about. In biblical yeah. times, you're telling me there's a witch doctor today in modern yeah. America. Yes, not in America, in okay. Senegal. So okay. born in America, then I moved to Senegal. In Africa, we had a witch doctor across the street. Okay. And yes, there is witch doctors all over the world, including in America, but they call themselves psychics or yogi masters, or there's like so many different things. But I would say it's totally the same thing. Um, yeah, so Muslim dad, mom, um, I can see even throughout her sharing stories from her life, I can see that she's really had different phases of her adulthood where she's followed different things. Um, I'll say my mom is just a super brilliant like person. She's super spiritual. She's super curious. She's a deep thinker. And so um, God clearly made her that way. And in that, I think she's not come to an encounter of Jesus. And so there's just been big influences from different religions. You know, she had a Buddhist phase, a Rasa phase, a Muslim phase. I'm talking about, you know, seeing her pray five times a day and all that when we were in Africa, um, new age phase, just all sorts of stuff. So I grew up, like I said, it was kind of part-time in Africa, part-time in Oregon. We'd go back and forth. So in Africa, it's like Islam is what I'm being taught. And, you know, there's the witch doctor across the street and I'm thinking, and I'm taught that's bad magic, but then mom's reading me Harry Potter and I'm taught that's good magic. But then every night I'm having demonic dreams, super intense, um, you know, specific demons in the form of animals that would show up in my dreams that I, re I remember vividly. And even sometimes like my siblings would be in the dreams and they would remember them too. So they, we'd be able to say like, this is what happened. And then this is what happened. So super just intense spiritually um did you know it at the time did you know that those were demonic dreams um yes i did it's so interesting because i think that outside of following jesus and a biblical worldview there actually still is an understanding of the supernatural in most contexts especially if you believe something spiritual um so i did know but again there's this really I think that there's this crazy lie of the enemy that you can separate good and dark magic, essentially, or good witch, witchcraft, bad witchcraft. And so, um, you know, because like I'm, I'm being read Harry Potter, which is real for anyone who doesn't know those are real spells. Um, J.K. Rowling studied under real warlocks to write that those books. So I'm being read witchcraft thinking that it's just like a cute story. And then I'm having demonic dreams and my mom is saying, 
you know, we're, I, I don't know if we would pray. I don't remember exactly what she would do, but obviously comfort me, you know, tell me what happened, like so comforting, so maternal, but having no understanding of like the connection between those things. Um, and then a little further along, we eventually, when I was like around five, six years old, we moved to Oregon um, a bit more permanently. And that's when she starts teaching me about crystals, charging crystals, you know, moon water and like all this stuff that's like super trendy now. Like as a little kid, I'm going, mom, this is so weird. Why are you, why are we doing this? Um, or like tarot readings for Halloween parties, like bring your friends over to tarot readings. And obviously I like, I want to really honor my mom cause she's, she's not ever done anything like intentionally to, you know, she's just teaching me what she knows and what she's been taught. And I now have understanding more of what in a biblical worldview that really means and what doors that opens. But anyways, what I'm saying is I grew up with a lot of spiritual stuff going on. Even to this day, my mom, her home is like full of idols, you know, being like small man-made gods all over the house, you know, it's on spotlight. Some are massive. Three, and what does that look like? Just so people, cause like I should, when you're talking, some yeah. people I feel right now, some people are recognizing in their spirit and it's becoming a surface thought through their mind to their soul and even yeah. into their body that they might have experienced some of what you're talking about and never made what you just described that connection that this might not necessarily be of God, like it might be of the demonic realm. Yeah. And they might be recognizing this for the first time. So just like as you're a real practical, so you're talking about some of these man-made idols, like what does that even look like? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so good. I would say if that's someone right now or, you know, listening later, I would say just to keep an open mind as we keep going in this conversation. And um, yeah, I even just asked right now, Holy Spirit, that you would bring things to people's mind and that you would just come with such comfort and peace and clarity. I just ask Holy Spirit that you'd be our teacher today. Um, yeah, because it can be intense, you know, especially, I mean, for me, I'll get to it later, but realizing, oh my gosh, all this stuff is actually super evil and is totally opening the door to other things I can identify are bad, are totally connected in my life. It is a little bit overwhelming. And some people, for me, God's mercy, I responded in, let me ask more. But I think a lot of people can respond in, hold up, I feel attacked, I feel offended. So if anyone's feeling that, please hear my heart and hear the heart of God that that's this is not like an attack, but I think it's good that there's a verse in the Bible that says my people suffer for lack of knowledge. And so I think even TJ, I feel like that's obviously part of your heart and having this conversation. Um, but yes, idols. So literally like the Bible talks about idols and carved images out of wood and stone and, um, you know, earthly materials. It literally would be, um, you know, any of the gods, little g gods of any other religion. So, you know, if you have any of the, I believe it's thousands of Hindu gods or Buddhas or, um, I mean, so many religions have, have any, any image of something that you are looking to for spiritual power, for favor, for healing, like anything that you're, you're praying to or looking to something made by human hands you know, it could be necklaces, it could be jewelry, it could be stones, it could be anything. But the point is, it's something made with human hands that you are looking to as if it has power other than the demonic realm that would empower it 
for a sort of counterfeit to the true God. Does that make sense? Do what yeah, you so what, and, and yeah, and what, what you're saying is essentially like these objects, okay, these idols, I mean, this is what I just want to kind of like recap in my mind here, but these yeah. idols themselves don't have power. The only way they would have power is if they are empowered by the demonic realm, for example. And so what people don't understand, and we've actually even walked people through this themselves, is they might have things in their home. They're tormented in the mind. They might have, oh gosh, I'm always anxious at home, or I, I have these nightmares. They call them nightmares, or I don't know why, but this thing keeps happening or that thing. And what they might not realize, sometimes Holy Spirit will show you that there's actually like a physical object in your home, mm-hmm. a physical object that is not, the physical object itself is not a problem. It's, it's if that object is empowered by the demonic realm, yeah. that maybe, for example, a witch has uh, put a curse on something and there's some kind of bondage that you're in because you have come into agreement by taking possession of this thing. This is not a fear thing. This is not a, you need to fear. Uh, You don't need to fear um, anything but God. But when you recognize that this, when Holy Spirit highlights something to you, if even somebody's watching or listening right now and something's coming to your mind, if Holy Spirit's leading you to see something in the physical, you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's been in my home for a long time. I have no idea what that is. Or, oh my gosh, that thing I'm thinking about that somebody bought me that one time that I accepted, I chose to receive and put it in my room, right? Those are real, those are real things that we can come into agreement with just through accepting and, uh, and they can actually bring doors, open doors is the word. Yes. And so, So, yeah, so I, I, I think just even kind of articulating a practical around that. So you basically had a, in the physical sense in your home, in your yeah. upbringing, you're talking the physical sense, the things you would see, crystals and all these other things. By the way, when you walk into shops, LA, New York, you'll see crystals in a coffee shop. Like you'll, guys, you'll see this stuff. Like it's on the cash register kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's just something your eyes will be opened a little bit more, hopefully after this conversation, but you had these physical idols representations of open doors in your life okay and and so like i think you said something earlier was so powerful you said god in his mercy led you to say okay show me more Mm -hmm. show me more right so when did you even realize that you had open doors okay this is so good um i think i'll just say like because I think there probably will be people that are like, whoa, this is like a lot. <laughs> What's going on? I just want to add, I think it's images. You said it so well. It, um, created items or things from the earth, you know, crystals that have been empowered by demonic, you know, powers or maybe curse or something like that. I'd also add it's anything that in and of itself is celebrating something other than God in a spiritual way. So, for example, Harry Potter books is celebrating witchcraft. So there's been times where I'm, you know, at my mom's house visiting or at a staying with a friend and I literally have to physically remove those books from the room because I'm getting migraines or something like that. Or any image that's of an actual lowercase g God that people believe is real, that in and of itself is gonna have power even if someone doesn't like curse it. So um, with your question, I think it even totally ties in. I think what happened for me is I started to realize Wow, maybe, um, oh, how do I say this? I think I started to realize that what I thought was true about the spiritual realm, and obviously I'm talking biblical worldview, so 
believe that the Bible is true and that Jesus is God and he's proving to me all the time how real he really is and with that realizing wow if he's really real that the dark side is really real too I think God just provoked me to start to ask questions and learn and not just assume that things weren't real so for example with Harry Potter I grew up my whole life just I literally thought it was like a Disney movie like there's princesses and there's Harry Potter I didn't know that it was real I had no idea even well into being a Christian and loving God um, and it wasn't until even if I think it was like three, three or four years ago, I started to, I literally just remember the Holy Spirit planted this thought. I wonder why some Christians are really intense about Harry Potter. I used to always think, oh, that's religious. That's religious. I started asking, I wonder why some Christians I've never even asked, you know, is there something I don't know? And I think that's a really good question to have in general in this generation and in, you know, probably any time at all. I think it's really good to go, is there something I don't know? about why people believe something. That's even what provoked me to becoming a Christian, which that's another thing. But I started asking that question and then I, I started spending time with this community that I'm now in. And I remember someone started teaching one day on Harry Potter. It was so random. It was like a small, small, like kind of side tangent or something they were saying. And they were saying how it was real spells and it actually was real witchcraft and it wasn't fake. And I, of course, initially I'm going like, you know, feeling kind of attacked or whatever, but the Holy Spirit helped me. And I started thinking about the fruit in the lives of the people I knew in that community where they had made a really strong boundary in their lives of, I'm not letting anything in. The conversation I think was about entertainment and how actually anything that's celebrating any form of witchcraft, anything that's celebrating murder, anything that's celebrating fear or is trying to instill fear that actually all of that is really connected to witchcraft and for some people, it might have sounded intense, but they were saying very strong statements of, we just don't watch rated R movies. We just don't watch, you know, is one of the leaders saying of himself, I don't open these doors by entertaining certain movies that the, the enemy loves, like that Jesus hates and Satan loves. Like, I don't watch any of those movies. He included Harry Potter. And at first I'm thinking that's so intense, but then I'm realizing, wow, I see fruit in this person's life of uncommon joy, uncommon peace uncommon friendship, uncommon ability to serve and not get offended. And I literally was like, I wonder if somehow that is actually connected. Does that make sense? Because there's an uncommon level of like all these things I do want, but there's also an uncommon level of, of boundaries in terms of what they allow in their personal lives with the spiritual things. And so I was like, Lord, well, let me just cut this out and just see, you know, what if I just, you know, I'm going to stop watching certain movies, I'm going to throw away certain books, I'm going to, um, I mean, even for me, I felt like the Lord asked me to give up alcohol. Like, I didn't even drink very often, but I felt like that was something that the Lord was like, this can be an open door. And so I just decided to kind of make these clean lines in my life, and lo and behold, wow, I don't feel anxious, I don't feel depressed, don't feel confused. Wow, it's so, I feel so joyful. Like, all these things started coming together. Of course, it's not just that, but when I'm saying open doors, I'm saying I think sometimes we can not necessarily full on disobey God or do some crazy like, you know, rebellious thing against the ways of God, but we can allow small little compromises that in and of themselves aren't sin, but can totally open, like crack the door that all of a sudden the enemy's going, oh, you're cool with Harry Potter? Well, here's crystals. Well, here's, you know, affirmations, but it's actually spells. Here's, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm being tormented. I have sleep paralysis. 
and where did this come from? And like all the way back, you should have had this like guardrail of sorts. Does that make sense? That's such a good way of explaining the idea of, you know, the open doors that can happen in our lives. And I think what people, you know, for me, the thing that's really important is people need to understand, you need to understand where you're at and God will give you grace for wherever you're at. And for some people, it's like they are at a point where they have these very strong boundaries around, for example, entertainment, because they are so high. God has them in a place yeah, they are so heightened and aware. They are so in, they know what is at stake here, um, and other people are completely offended by the idea right. of restricting, of yeah. feeling restricted by entertainment, what they can consume, et cetera, because they still see it as a religious rules based thing versus a relationship love based thing, which is I want the best for you, not you have to do this in order to prove something to me. Yes. Right. And so, so that, that, that is the revelation for somebody right now is going from, this is a rules-based thing mm-hmm. that people are following so that they can prove themselves to God to, this is a relationship thing where they understand that God wants the best for them. And in their personal relationship with Jesus, they have come to an understanding that the best for them comes through these boundaries of um, of not allowing certain doors to be open. And yeah. we're all on a journey of discovering what that looks like in our lives personally. So for you, Aisha, yeah. like what did, you know, Good. you maybe at some point, what was the aha moment where you go, oh my gosh, I have had so much exposure to so much in my life and I don't know what to like, what happened? Where were you? How old were you? Uh, maybe this was your first encounter with Jesus that you remember what happened. Man, honestly, I got to say, I think like for me, the Lord showed me this picture. I hope this answers the question, but I think it was like stages of revelation. Um, but even like what you were just saying, I think, I keep thinking of this picture the Lord showed me of the throne room. Like if, if you read in scripture, you know, Ezekiel or Isaiah or Revelation, there's so many spots, but Jesus is seated on a real throne in a real place right now. And we really can know him intimately. And the Lord showed me a vision one time of the throne and I was slowly walking towards him. But as I walked towards him, I had to let go of things that I was holding, like carrying And I think we love talking about that in the sense of like my burdens, my worries, you know, oh, he's asking me to give him my suffering. Like, yes, but I actually felt like it had to do with um, consecration instead of partness. And the Lord was saying like, Aisha, how close you want to get to me, the closer you want to be to the holy of holies that I am, the more things are not going to be okay for you anymore. And it's not a judgment thing of like, this person's in sin because they drink. That's not biblical. But it is a thing of like, God is saying, Aisha, I want you to come closer to the throne. And it's if you're familiar in the Old Testament before Jesus came and before access to God was given to all, it was a real temple that had layers. There was the outer courts where you could come and do, you know, you had to do ceremonial cleaning and sacrifices and you could be in the outer, outer courts. And then there was inner courts that I think only priests and, you know, the, the tribe of priests could be in. And then the inner, inner, what I know for sure 
is what's called the Holy of Holies. And that's where the actual presence of God was on this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And only one high priest, I believe one time a year, could go into that place. He had to do all of these ceremonial washings. He had to be washed with holy water. He had to wear holy garments. He had to be anointed with oil, like drenched from the top of his head down to his toes. And even then, all these animal sacrifices to atone for his sin and the sins of Israel, because sin can't be in the presence of God. And even then, they had to tie a rope around him so that if he went into that place and there was sin in him and he died under the presence of God because of how holy God was, that on the outer courts, they could pull him out by a rope. And so that holiness, I think we sometimes, we take for granted that the Holy Spirit can live in us as a Christian believer, but he's still that holy. And so sin still can't be in his place. And there was things that were okay for someone in the outer courts that weren't okay for someone in the Holy of Holies. And I think when we're talking about open doors and the supernatural and being set apart and you know all of that it's religious when you think you have to perform like you said that so well but actually it's it's mercy that god is saying i long for you to be with me where i am and you literally cannot bring certain things into my place they will burn like god is just he is like a burning flame of holiness and holy means set apart and so I think for me, that was a moment where I was like, and to be honest, it was pretty easy for me to give up, so to speak, a lot of things. I think when you grow up in the midst of so much spiritual confusion, I saw the fruit of that. You know, I saw that in the same way that with, you know, the leader of the ministry I'm in now, circuit riders, I saw the fruit of peace and joy and an ability to smile and suffering and not be offended like I saw that was fruit in his life there was fruit I saw in my family growing up that okay yeah we believe in the universe and all this stuff but we don't have peace you know <laughs> there isn't peace there isn't really true joy there's tons of a, there's suffering that's going on there's abuse that's going unnoticed or unchecked like I think it was easy to see, yeah, we do these things, but there's no real power. You know, there's no real, like this God can't hear or see or smell or taste or touch, you know? So once I started to encounter Jesus, he's real. So he started to literally encounter me. It was in middle school. The first time I heard the gospel and I said, Jesus, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he literally started to encounter me. He literally started to speak to me. People would come up and hear God, you know, hear from God, something about me. And it's totally spot on. And I'm like, whoa, this is real. And it was matched with peace and not fear. And so it was pretty easy to be like, hmm, these other gods are blind and deaf. And this God is speaking to me and transforming my life and healing my heart, you know, in a, in a moment of feeling his presence. Um, but then it was more like I'm saying later as a believer, already loving God, already having decided, okay, yeah, every other God's an idol it's not God. It's lowercase g. Jesus is the one. He's the only one. He's the only way. Then it was more realizing things that I had been taught weren't real witchcraft, such as, you know, I think for most people listening, it might be they didn't realize that crystals or horoscopes, even honestly, most personality tests are totally rooted in witchcraft. Enneagram is, Myers-Briggs is, I don't know a lot about Strengths Finder, but those two for sure. Um, so I think most people listening are probably thinking about a lot of culturally normal things 
and they're like, I didn't know that was witchcraft. For me, I knew because my mom taught that stuff to me. Yoga, like totally witchcraft. But for me, it was more like media things. So like, again, things celebrating murder, things with the purpose of fear, things that um, were about wizards or witches. For me, I don't watch Lord of the Rings. I used to love that movie, but I really, I realize it's all about wizards and I feel a spirit of fear. And I think that we're not supposed to be desensitized to those things. I think that everyone is supposed to be, as Christians, extremely sensitive to something that Jesus hates, which is going to be anything, you know, foul or demonic or celebrating the demonic realm. Um, So with that, it was just more me going out of my way to learn what's the root. I used to love Myers-Briggs. And then I realized, oh, the root of this is super evil and demonic. It's based on ideas that are in and of themselves, not biblical. I'm choosing to just draw a line and say, I don't need that because Jesus is so good. I don't, I don't care about that anymore. So I really had to just start to seek out um, what's behind this thing that's culturally normal. And I'd say I'm probably still on that journey because all the time, you know, things are becoming normal in our, in our culture. There's many artists, you know, I even in the last year, I've realized some artists put, literally put like, I don't know what to say other than like witchcraft sounds like prayers, like basically demonic prayer sounds in their music because they want people to have a spiritual encounter. So I'm like, well, I can't listen to that artist because it's not worth it for me. I, I don't want to, I don't want any separation from my father. Um, so that's just a journey. I think that requires a lot of curiosity, a lot of humility, a lot of willingness to be corrected and um, to learn and grow. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. In so many ways. I'm just going to share a couple of things because um, I think people just need to hear hear this. So, so it's, it's very challenging when you start exposing a lot of the things that are culturally normal. And yeah. to most people, to most people, they'll say, they'll say, oh, well, there's two, two responses many people will give. One is I'm offended because I actually really like this and identify with it. Well, you wouldn't identify with it unless there's some truth in it somewhere. So it's just a big fat lie wrapped in truth and it allows you to believe something. How can you believe something if it's not believable? So the, the idea that, you know, we can have things that we identify with and then we can be offended if we find out or we discover there might be some reason to question it, right? That, that, that can be challenging. So that's somebody's response. You know, that could be somebody's response. And another response could be, well, like, you know, I, I'm okay with questioning things that are available to me in my life. However, how do I even live in this world if I don't know the root of every single thing yeah. out there? Yeah. And, and this is, this is really important. And I think I'm going to share this just as a, like, context clue for people. But, you know, I think, God has, I said earlier, God has his different stages on the journey, each one of us. Um, so like you said earlier, the outer court, very different than the inner court and, and the, yeah. the holy of holies and, and the purification process. I mean, I was reading in Leviticus earlier, you know, Aaron's sons and how they just like the process of whether you take that holiness or being set apart seriously. Yes. And so- and I think for me, I, I think you need to trust where you're at on your journey with God, number one. 
Like yeah. for anybody listening, right? If you're like, oh my gosh, how do I even live in this world with so much stuff that's out there? I'm just starting to realize, or I've always known, but I don't know how to navigate it. It's like, keep growing in your relationship with God. And I'm reading Psalm 58 here because I think this is really important for somebody to hear. But it says, um, God who judges the earth. It says, God who judges the earth. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on the earth. Mm-hmm. And the point of that is to say, when I read that, that it just like, you know, it's as I'm listening to what's going on, as I'm processing, as I'm trying to listen to Holy Spirit, I think what people need to remember is God judges the earth. God is the ultimate judge. And there's a lot of, um, the Bible does tell us to expose darkness. It does tell us to, even the occult, I was looking up, what does occult mean? It means secret, in secret. It has roots in the word secret, secretive. And so the idea that that, um, the enemy wants you to keep something in secret, keep something hidden, I mean, that's, that's how shame develops. Yeah. That's how shame develops. That's how, that's how some of these things that are, um, that we're talking about, they can, they can take root in your life. It's because they're secretive, but what you need to know and what you need to trust is that if you are not secretive with God, if you are not secretive with him, if you can come to God full heartedly, if you can open up yourself, and I mean this in your heart and mind, this is a challenge, guys. I'm not saying like this is easy for me, but this is a process and a journey in your relationship that I think every single person needs to know is possible, that yeah. you can develop a relationship with the living Jesus and you can develop a type of relationship where you trust him enough to tell him anything and not even with your voice, but even in, but in your heart and in your mind, the things that are unspoken, the groanings of your spirit. Like if you can trust that that is the God that you are joined with, that Holy Spirit is in you. And that is that the triune one true God is the God that you can trust and have that relationship with. You don't need to walk around this earth in fear of every single thing around every single corner. In fact, you walk around this earth with authority because you understand that God is leading you and that you're not perfect and you rely on his grace and in his timing, perfect timing, he will reveal to you like he's done with Aisha, like he's done with me, like he'll do with you. He will reveal to you and he'll continue to do this with us and with you, the things that are necessary to remove or to add in your life. Right. And so it's really important. I think for you guys, if you're listening, like trust that if God is leading you, he will reveal to you at the appropriate time, he will reveal to you. And it's really about, are you listening and are you responding? That's the key. That's like super, super key for all of this stuff that, that we're talking about open doors the entertainment aspect, the idols aspect, the, the, uh, the physical idols aspect, the, yeah. I mean, guys, open doors capping through relationships, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. So, so all kinds of things that this, this can look and all kinds of ways this can look, don't have fear. God is the judge, but trust that if he's leading you, he'll lead you into, uh, the, the necessary steps that you need to take. And so with that, 
you know, I'm what I'm kind of sensing is like this transition from, okay, I had all these open doors in my life to wait, Jesus is real. I need to lay down, give up some of these things that were part of my past, yet that's still a part of my life. And there's this maybe awareness that I have now that I didn't have before around the supernatural. And as you were learning about who Jesus is, gifts of the spirit, all of these things, as you were growing in authority, yeah. where you were starting to see these things activated in your life, did you notice that there was any similarity to your to your upbringing, the open doors that you'd experienced um, in the other, you know, in the realms of the supernatural, for example, in prophecy, right? Being able to share with somebody something that nobody would know mm -hmm. except God. You get a word of knowledge. Yeah. You have a prophetic gifting. And yeah. you are able to understand and know what's happening yeah. in somebody's life. Many people can go to a fortune teller and get that same kind of experience. So how do you know that it's different? That's good. Well, you, you said it so well earlier that the demonic realm and all of that is totally just true things wrapped up in totally not true things and twisted. And so everything that the enemy does, and I hope it, I would hope it doesn't hurt people's feelings, but I would even say like every other religion and every other spiritual expression, it's all counterfeits of the true God. And that's not a shame thing. It's just that God put eternity in man's heart. We're all seeking truth. We're all seeking Jesus, whether we know it or not. And so other religions form on counterfeits. So God created an ability to hear his voice. So the counterfeit of that is fortune telling. Um, but the true thing is like, God has eternally true things to say about you that are completely unlimited and eternally true. And it's not like, a you know, I see darkness coming into your life or this relationship is going to bring you this prosperity or whatever. Um, I think that darkness is marked by darkness. So that's going to be fear or control or manipulation or, um, I mean, it's so funny, even Disney's so spiritual, you totally see it in Disney movies where um, anything that has to do with magic or, I mean, yeah, anything supernatural, there's actually a lot of supernatural stuff in Disney movies. It always is like until midnight, like Cinderella, until midnight, suddenly, you know, the spell doesn't work. Or, um, yeah, there's all sorts of things. The fortune teller, like I... I Unfortunately, I watched a Disney movie recently, Encanta or Encanto, and realized a little, pretty much immediately, I was like, this is so spiritual and so demonic. And there's, you know, they're all doing, they all have these magical powers, but they're crumbling and they're being crushed under the weight of them because it's from the enemy. It's not from God. And God, it says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you life and life in the fullness. And so any of the supernatural from the enemy is going to control you. It's going to actually steal from you. It's actually going to um, manipulate you. It's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to more, um, oh, even like the Hercules stuff. It's like you make a deal with the devil and then it's like you lose your soul, right? So that is true whether you feel it immediately or later. A lot of people, I have so many friends who 
went to go get fortune telling or their palms read or whatever, and immediately they feel discernment. Might not even know Jesus or not, but immediately they're like, oh, this feels super dark and strange. And that's actually the Holy Spirit talking to them, even though they don't fully know the Lord. And then some people, they're like, this is awesome. Like what you said seemed true. It resonated with me or this horoscope, you know, told me exactly how I was feeling today or this month or the Mercury retrograde or whatever. And it maybe is going to take time for the fruit of that thing. And like basically the cause and effect of that thing for you to see, oh, this is actually leading to death and not to life. But I would say when it's the real thing, it's like times a million of what the counterfeit is, you know? Um, and I think it's marked by like the character characteristics of God, which is peace, love, joy, sound mind, life, um, you know, all of those things. So I think when you know, you know. <laughs> it's true. And and the, the challenging part is like, it's kind of like candy. It tastes good at first when it, when it comes to the, the demonic or the counterfeit. It tastes right. good at first. It may taste good at first, not always to the discerning, but it may taste good at first, but then you eat a bag and you feel sick. Right. Yep. And it's like, that's oftentimes what happens with the demonic realm. That's yeah. oftentimes how the enemy can get you. It's like the classic tell your child to not take candy from a stranger. Like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Right. Yeah. And there's something that's coming to mind for me, just specifically around the idea of um, um, just the idea of, of other religions. I think it was, I want to just touch on it briefly. Because in a conversation the other night, we were talking about how even in the organization of the church, even in the organization of the church, in some church buildings, mm -hmm. there are demonic idols. In the organization of the Christian church, there are demonic, physical demonic idols, maybe doing some of the demonic worship poses or whatever it might be. Um, anything where the worship is taken away from the one true God that yeah. is, and, and, and there's this unhealthy reliance on this thing mm -hmm. and not God himself, mm -hmm. that, that is going to be taking you on a path that is not the yeah. way to life. Mm -hmm. And, and so when you start to find, and even with people who I'm saying, even if you follow Jesus right now, but you find yourself superstitious, literally, if you find yourself superstitious, if you find yourself almost like obsessively compulsive, mm -hmm. like, unless I do this each night at this time, I won't have peace in my life. That is not God. No, it's not. That is not God. Okay, so there's practicals here around the physical body and how, for example, caffeine, I'm just talking, let's take out the spiritual for a second. I know physical and spiritual are the same, but like caffeine can perpetuate obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, like if you don't get enough sleep and you don't eat enough and your body's wired all the time from cortisol and adrenaline and you drink caffeine to have your energy and you're not getting the nutrition you need, your body physically you're going to be much more inclined to any OCD tendencies than yeah. you would be otherwise. I'm not a doctor. This is just something you can read about yourself right now, anywhere. Yeah. And we've seen it happen over and over again. And so there's the physical aspect. You need to check that off the list. We're talking though spiritually 
and we're talking about things that people might have um, found themselves doing that are leading them uh, to more bondage rather than freedom. And what Aisha said earlier is, you know, Jesus came to give life and life to its full. And he's, he came to set the captives free. He didn't come so you'd perform a ritual every night. And if you didn't, then you weren't right with God. Yeah. Okay. That, that's not, that's the, the law. We are all, we are all falling short of the law. There's, there is no person that could fulfill the law, Old Testament law, Old Covenant. There's no person who could do that, who could fulfill the fullness of the law. Jesus did. And because Jesus fulfilled the law, because we all fell short, because Jesus fulfilled the law and took our falling short on him, the wrath of God and sin, past, present, and future, that's why we get to have freedom. That's yeah. why we get to have freedom. So I just want for somebody listening, like if you, I know we're talking about things like, oh, witchcraft and this and that and the other, but guess what, guys? Like this happens in the organization, physical place, destination of a church. This happens with people's rituals that they find themselves doing out of religious practice that has no, God never said do that. Like that, <laughs> that's not a part of the process. So just something to be aware of, again, back to the point of if you're following Jesus and you're seeking to hear his voice and are listening and responding, that is really key. And obviously this is twofold thing. It's Holy Spirit and scripture together. It's never one without the other. This is the word of God, but you need the life of word, life of the word, the word of God in it. Um, and if you just go by Holy Spirit and you have no scripture, then you're just going to be wandering around to whatever spirit people are leading you to. That's good. That's right. Good. So, okay. So I want to quickly talk about your, like your now, your today, what you're doing, you know, you being on college campuses and specifically, I want to talk about the Greek life thing because this was so eye opening for me. Yeah. Um, so give me a quick, like uh, quick summary. You just got back from tour. So quick summary, like what is tour? What does that look like? Um, and then maybe we could talk about just the whole Greek life thing. Cause I think people need to hear that aspect of it and what you're seeing. Yeah. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um, yeah, I just got back from tour. So part of what we do, um, part of the kingdom projects that I work on with circuit writers is going to college campuses uh, you know, every one or two days, we're going to a different college campus and we're preaching the simple gospel and believing that people would be saved if they don't know God, that they would come to a saving relationship with him. If they are saved, that they would be revived in their friendship with him and understand who they are and the authority they have in Christ and that all would be activated to really see solutions on their campus and, um, yeah, so we go, we preach the simple gospel, we pray for healing, we pray for freedom. Um, and I love what you said, like, even in all of this, it's like, man, it can seem so intense thinking about how much darkness there is in the world, whether it's straight up demonic stuff or whether it's just the sin in the world that is, you know, the sin in man's heart, but the sin and corruption in, it's easy to see that there's darkness in the world. And I think it can be overwhelming. And I, I don't want anything we're talking about to, like make people feel fear or anything like that. But it is like, wow, the power of the gospel and the simple gospel. And that's really what we believe in when we go on these tours is that, like you said, Jesus took on the full weight and the full 
intensity of sin, of witchcraft, of darkness, of suicide, of depression, of anxiety, of all of it. He took it fully on himself and buried it in the grave when he died on the cross. And he rose three days later, completely victorious over it. And sin stayed buried and death stayed buried. And the power of that crystal that's in your house actually stayed buried. And so when you come into alignment with Jesus, it's like, oh, wow, that power has nothing over me. The blood completely sets me free and I don't have to be afraid. And I don't have to, you know, submit to self-hatred or disassociation or all these things that we're seeing, you know, even today on college campuses, it's like, wow, the power of the simple gospel to immediately save, heal, deliver, if one would come into agreement with it and believe. And so our team, we were one team of like 30, I was over 20, 20 to 30, I believe it was like 25 teams that went out to universities across America, as well as cities partnering with churches. My team went to historically black colleges and universities, um, specifically um, activating black young people into the great commission and into gospel, the gospel. And we saw 325 students give their lives to Jesus and so many healed. I don't have the number of how many people were healed, but it was, I mean, really insane to see people come in fully under the weight of depression, having no idea who they are full of confusion. So hurt by the church hear the true simple gospel. No, no, this isn't, to control you, this is to give you life in the full and then see people leave, I mean, completely different. Sometimes physically feeling something leave off of them as they begin to, um, you know, say with their own mouth that Jesus is who he says he is. So, yeah, that's what I'm burning for, a generation to see Jesus and be set free. And when you say this is so powerful, and guys, just so you know, I put um, a link to, if you'd like to give to Aisha's ministry, and, and I say her ministry, like her for the ministry that she does, like this is what she's doing. It's a lifestyle. It's not like a profession, a career. It's like, this is how she lives her life. She's laid down a lot of things in life in order to yeah. do this. She's here tonight for free showing up saying, Hey, I'd love to share. I'd love to offer what I have. Um, and, and that's what she's doing all every day, wherever she's going. And if you guys are led to give, um, we put that link in the comments so you guys can do that. But as as far as as far as your um, as far as your process of like seeing people come into agreement, right? And that's such an important thing to talk about because when you're saying people vocalizing, for example, like vocalizing with their mouth, like I choose to submit, I choose to give my life to Jesus, I choose to turn away and repent from my past, from my old ways of thinking, speaking, behaving. And I choose to look toward my future with Jesus. I, I choose to come into agreement. That is so powerful. And one of the stories that you shared with me or were sharing with me um, with Savannah and I the other night, and we were just we were just talking as a group and you were sharing about what you were seeing happen um, with fraternities and Greek fraternities and sororities. And this is relevant, related to the open doors thing. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what, what, what the power of agreement and the open doors and what, what's happening. What are you seeing with people um, currently in college that people maybe who've been in college and out of college for a decade or longer might not be aware of as, as far as something that might have happened in their past? 
Yeah, I mean, the straight answer is that all, all, um, the, let me say the structure and the foundation of Greek life, you know, fraternities, sororities, etc. the foundation of it is masonry, which if you don't know what that is, it's easy to look up and it's easy to learn. Um, but basically Freemasons, masonry is just a totally occult, um, I don't know, practice, belief, group. Um, and there's so many different secret societies that are really based on the ideology of Freemasonry. And what I'm saying is that includes Greek life. Um, yeah, what we were talking about was I, this year, especially toured to historically black colleges and universities. And it's wild because it's actually so, most people probably don't even realize that Greek life is tied to Masonry, even though it's, you know, the same things. It's secret society, it's hazing, it's oaths, which the Bible is actually super clear that oaths is in and of itself demonic, that God doesn't make, have you make oaths. Um, cause we can't even count the hair on our head. We actually have no ability to make any binding oath in the spirit realm other than our salvation in Jesus, um, which is his blood. Praise the Lord. Um, so yes, yeah, Greek life is like, it's the secret society. I love the verse you talked about secrecy. It's like super plain right there. Um, it's oaths. It's making, you know, sacrifices. It's in many times actually denouncing Jesus or taking Bible verses and replacing the, the words of praise that go to Jesus and putting the name of a group there instead when you really start talking about it, it actually it is pretty obvious that it wouldn't be like a biblical uh, thing to do or like a holy thing to do. Wait, hold on a second. You're telling me, though, this is the thing. You're telling me that just actually repeating a phrase saying, I do not follow and mm -hmm. I do follow mm -hmm. is going to have some kind of impact on my life. Ooh, I am, I am saying that, um, there's a Bible verse that says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And it is true. Even it actually says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. And there is actually so much that you can see in scripture about the power of your tongue, even that God spoke and life was formed, that God spoke and there was light, that there really is actually God breathed breath into us. And so breath and voice and sound is, has the ability to produce something, you know, in the natural or in the spirit. A super simple example is if I were to say, you know, something of blessing, TJ, this is an amazing podcast. I love what you're doing. And then it's reaching people and people are going to encounter God from this, that that can impart already like, oh, that can impart courage or that can impart blessing in a spiritual way that can deposit something to my heart. Versus if I just totally tear you down, you know, this is the worst thing ever and I'm super angry about it, that can totally discourage. But even in the spirit, there's there's power. So, yeah, I do think, and again, this isn't a fear thing. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance in the universe. And so with one word of repentance, you're like clean. But it is true when you make agreement with your words. And I even think sometimes in your mind, you can decide something's true or allow a thought to be entertained without correcting, you know, hey, that's actually not true. Um, you can totally make agreement. And surely when you're making an oath, a lot of times, and again, I like was not personally in Greek life. I'm not saying I'm any like 
supernatural master of knowledge whatsoever. Um, but it's really honestly easy to look this stuff up and find out more and talk to people who were in it and got saved out of it. Oftentimes you even are using a Bible and, you know, making spiritual declarations among a group of what you believe and agree and how you're offering yourself to a group or to a company of man. And that is, I mean, if you, I really think every single person should probably just read the whole Bible in historical order. Um, yeah. And learn like, cause it's very clear. If you, if you look through the old Testament, it's really clear um, that that stuff is all demonic. Um, and so when you're talking, yeah. we, we have, you know, because what I'm looking at right now is I'm, I'm looking at my life as you're talking and I go, okay, non-Greek fraternity. I literally look back at my life and I look at my options and I go hand of God move yeah. me to this group of people, which mm -hmm. is founded on biblical principles, mm -hmm. pray to God mm -hmm. and like to Jesus. It wasn't yeah. explicitly used Jesus as his name because it was a non, it was, it was a non-religious non-Greek fraternity, but it was founded on biblical principles and mm -hmm. founded on the foundation of the Bible. Yeah. So I, I look back at my life, I go, wow, hand of God that moved me to that group of people, actually through which one of those people, I actually came to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Hand of God. And yeah. to the person who is a part of an organization where they look and they say, I saw good fruit come from that organization, but it was a part of what you're talking about. We said, for example, I'm not declaring this over myself. We said, uh, I'm the captain of my soul. We said, um, you know, mm. that this person is my master. This person is my leader. This person is the one in charge of me. We spoke shame over ourselves. We spoke shame or discouragement over other people. We killed and caused animal sacrifice. Right. We decorated trees, painted trees, mm -hmm. and put gifts and offerings. Guys, these are things that people are doing on yeah. college campuses today and for the last however many years. Yeah. These are things people are doing and you're coming into agreement with things that are not of God and things that actually are straight up out of the Bible that yeah. God says, don't do. He yes. says, don't do these things. So if you have done some of these things, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm telling you right now. And what I said earlier mm -hmm. is it's just repentance. It's yeah. just repentance. That's the key is that you turn. So repentance is to turn away. So to turn away from those things, and if you even have things coming to your mind right now where you say, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, gosh, like I <laughs> totally said all these things. I don't even remember what I said, but I know we did those things. I remember I hurt that person. I hurt myself. Yeah. Guys, some people, to the extent, I'm just telling you how this is, okay? I know this is a little bit graphic, but we need to say it's real, all right? Because I'm not going to be sugarcoating this. Some yeah. people in some groups it goes as far in high up places that you guys, everybody knows people and whether you have personal contact with them, you know of them in high up places, they go as far as to hang themselves so that others will come to save them. So they build trust in the other people to actually be brothers. This is how dangerous this stuff is. This is not just a news story. This is not just something that uh, happens in a quiet place that you'll never hear about. This is stuff that happens with people that are in high places. 
and people are coming into agreement with things that are not of God. People yeah. are coming into agreement with things that are unhealthy, that are causing self-harm, but spiritually they're demonic. And these are things that people are doing. And if you or somebody you know has done that or has done anything close to that or has gone down any of those roads where you start declaring things, speaking affirmations, doing things, and maybe that was your past 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, five months ago, okay? If, if that was your past, you have the opportunity right now, right now, you have the opportunity to turn away from your past, to break any agreement. You can just repeat after me if you're willing, all right? You just say, Lord... I submit all things to you. I choose to break any agreement that I have made in relationship to any other false God. I turn away from any sacrifice that I have made to any false God or gods. Lord, help me. Help me uncover these things that have been hidden in my mind, in my heart, deep in my soul. Lord, show me, Holy Spirit, show me any bondage that I might be living with right now. In the name of Yeshua, I declare that I am free by the blood of Jesus. I repent from all of those things of my past. I repent from anything that my parents have done that was passed down generationally through that organization. Lord, I repent. I turn away from those things right now. We close the door in the name of Jesus, and we plead the blood of Jesus over my life. This pattern will not continue in the name of Jesus by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Just a simple, just, and guys, if there's something that comes to you, if Holy Spirit's showing you something and you just feel like you need to pray, you just feel like you need to like turn this off, go away, pray, just go do that. Like yeah. go pull out your Bible and say, Lord, help me. Like, just show me. You don't have to live in fear. He's going to lead you to freedom. Yeah. He's going to lead you to freedom. And if you need to talk with somebody, go talk with somebody. Talk with a pastor. Talk with a friend who, who understands some of these things. Start having that conversation. Bring it up. Ask the Lord to show you. Remember, a cult has roots to the word secretive. Keep nothing a secret from God. Even the things that you've hidden away in your heart and mind, yes. keep nothing a secret from God. Bring it to God. He will bring all things that you've kept in darkness. When you're ready, he will bring them to light. He will show you what you need to be free from, and he will bring freedom if you're willing to change, if you're willing to repent from your ways. So good. That's so good. Yeah, I just felt, right? Yeah, it just says deliver. One second, it just says deliver me from my enemies in Psalm 59. If you need that right now, Psalm 59, deliver me from my enemies. You can go to Psalm 59. You can read that right now. You just pray that. Read that over yourself. Just ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you. Aisha, I'm okay. sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was just going to say, I I don't know if they're just so, if anyone's on here going like, hey, I, I have this other thought or whatever. I don't know that um, every single sorority or fraternity is like, I don't think that every single one is straight up doing witchcraft. A lot of like even what we're talking about with those super intense rituals, that is like Masonic. And there are other occult groups that go by other names that are totally Masonic that are doing rituals like that and even scarier. Um, in terms of what's happening on college campuses, I don't know how intense it gets. It might just be that, you know, someone's ditching someone and humiliating someone and, and 
less like harmful ways, but I think it probably does in some cases get that intense. But just so audience understands what I'm saying is the foundation of Greek life and structure is 100% Masonic. And I think in and of itself is just worth renouncing and praying as you did. Yeah. And that's for, yeah, exactly. What, what, what's important to remember is just like, just like we were talking about the Harry Potter book, for example, earlier, it's a practical, perfect example. It's like, okay, I really enjoyed this book. It was a good story. And you know what happened five years later, I saw something that subconsciously, because there was a subconscious plant of a positive association with rich witchcraft, I saw something that reminded me of it. I brought it home with me. Yep. Open door. Now I have torment. Okay. The point is, it's not about the book. It's not about the Greek fraternity, sorority organization. I'm not, we're not calling out people saying people groups, even when it comes to the idea of other religions, that's not the point. That's not the heart. That's not the heart of God. That's what I just said at the beginning of this whole thing. I hope you hear the heart of God and are not offended. The point of this whole thing is to recognize what are potential open doors? And yep. if you've gone even further and you know it, and by the way, guys, like I don't pray that prayer right now because it's fun. I pray that prayer because I'm on my phone getting messages from people who are saying, what do I do if? What do yeah. I do when? How about this? Yeah. Or I'm on phone calls with people or I'm at the grocery store with somebody who opened the door through listening to a band that yeah. a lot of people know about. And this person, without telling me a thing, Holy Spirit shows me that they're suicidal. And we're waiting an hour to walk through deliverance with this person in the back of a grocery store. And this person tells us with my brother-in-law that they were going to kill themselves several days earlier. This is why we're praying this prayer. Aisha's on college campuses talking with people who are having real things happen in their life that nobody knows about. And she's seeing real transformation happen when she shares the simple gospel and people are getting set free from addiction, from anxiety, from depression. This is not a joke. This is not something that's just a religious exercise so that you can look good in front of God or other people. This is a real thing called the kingdom of God coming against the kingdom of darkness. When we were on this earlier, I'm chatting with people saying, now's a good time to pray because witches are real and witches want to put curses on people who are coming against the kingdom of darkness. And so when we are having these conversations and sharing this message, the hope is that you understand that this is real and that there is a varying degree of the message for each person who's listening. So if you're listening and you're saying, you know what? I'm glad that I understand the supernatural is real and that Jesus is real and he overcame. Awesome. And if you're the person who's like, I needed that prayer because I don't know what happened, but I felt sick to my stomach as they were talking about it. I started getting a knot. I started hunching over. Maybe my body started shaking and doing something weird, which is totally a natural thing in manifestation and not good manifestation. And then I prayed and I had peace and Holy Spirit filled me and I was free and I felt like I could be myself. And I'm aware because the Bible tells me this to be true and because I've experienced it myself and had validation. I'm aware 
that Jesus is who he says he is. And by faith, I am saved and I am free. I'm delivered. I'm healed. And I get to share that with somebody else freely. Like there are so many elements to and on the spectrum of things that you could receive from this. But I wanted to share that last part because it's like, guys, this is not a joke. Like this is not something that uh, that we just say, hey, yeah, let's just have fun on a live stream and talk about <laughs> talk about this stuff. It's like there's a reason Aisha's going around the nation doing this every day. There's a reason she's doing it, and it's because she's been overcome by the love of God, and she wants to see other people overcome by the love of God. So, Aisha, anything else you want to share with people before they leave, or? Um, just a final thought or, or maybe just anything that's coming to your mind? Yeah, I think the only other thing I'd say, honestly, I feel like you covered like such pastorally how to just kind of apply this, which is so good. Um, I think the only other thing I would say just in the off chance that there's someone listening to this who maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, um, I would just say the importance of being saved and believing and agreeing that he really is God and he really is the only one. Because if we start to repent of open doors to demonic oppression and things begin to leave and off of us spiritually, and we don't then aren't then filled with the Holy Spirit that only comes to the Christian believer, then it actually says things can get way worse, seven times worse. And so I would just say, I don't know your audience enough to know if there's people listening from all different kinds of spiritual backgrounds. But I think for anyone listening who doesn't have a saving relationship with Jesus, um, you know, you've heard the gospel here today. And if that's something that you want to receive, then I'd say there's nothing stopping you that tonight's the night. This is the moment. And it's not about a church. It's not about me and TJ. It's not about anything but you and your soul and your freedom and what God is offering you. And I literally think right now someone could just turn like you led them earlier, turn from being the leader of their own lives and turn to Jesus and um, just recognize that he really did die to save them from their sin and to give them eternal life starting now. Um, and for that person that, who is saved to then receive the Holy Spirit. And they, you could even pray right now, if that's you, to just receive the Holy Spirit of God to come live and dwell in you. And he's the one who's going to, like TJ said, comfort you and teach you and give you discernment as you walk out being a Christian in this world. He's the one who's going to, you know, give you those nudges of like, Hey, this thing, you should throw it away or Hey, maybe don't watch this and whatever. So just making sure that people are saved and filled with the Holy spirit as they walk through deliverance from, you know, demonic things they've opened up. And then just to kind of end on, I know a lot of that was super intense <laughs> and can just be so overwhelming, but it actually is so easy and joyful and lighthearted following Jesus. And even the warfare, even the like, you know, shock moment of like, oh no, this thing is demonic, throw it out. It's not a scary thing when you're a Christian, you have the blood of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit. So anyone that might feel overwhelmed, you have TJ as a resource, but just know that the Bible is your sword and um, you have literally no reason whatsoever to fear when Jesus is your your Lord. So I think that's so it. I'm so honored to be on here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and, no, but thank you for yeah. being here. And and the, the, the peace and the joy, you know, when, when you said it's like, there's nothing to look, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of, et cetera. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. 
you, what, even more so because it is intense at times, but like, gosh, the peace and the joy, the yeah. peace and the joy and the righteousness, yes. like with God, like that, the right standing with God, there's nothing, there is nothing better. There is nothing yes. better. No, um, not. So I think everybody has that no matter where you're at on the journey, everybody we all have that to look forward to. Yes. Um, you know, when you come to Jesus and you say, like literally when you come to him and are like, Lord, I, and I call him Lord, Lord, like, I just want what you have. Like, yeah. forget the rest. I just yeah. want what you have. Oh, and Aisha, yeah. you, you do that so well with your life. And um, we're just grateful that you were able to share today. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. So amazing. <laughs>